Okay, it's finally over. We can stop it now. No more Patriots nonsense. They've officially won Super Bowl 53, and that pretty much wraps up the entirety of this podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. No, I'm just kidding. All right, we got Reggie, we got Ryan, we have Vince, and myself, Justin. We are here from the chunk to break down Super Bowl 53. And by break it down, I mean tell you everything that you literally just saw, but tell you what we thought about it, because that's really why you're here, people. So before we get into actual football talk, because really, I mean, no one wants to hear that anymore. We've heard enough of it. Tony Romo crushed it. Uh, Just so Reggie knows, Tony Romo is the greatest uh, in-game broadcaster of all time already. And uh, and too bad, it's too bad he can actually be the greatest quarterback of all time. I think Romo was the best quarterback last night. Oh, okay. He was at the Super Bowl. Think about it. Think you know what? It. You know what? No, you're wrong. I don't think that's true. Uh, okay, let's start it <laughs> off with Gladys Knight because that's what really started the whole night off. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is because Gladys Knight's over-under on the uh, – there was obviously people who were betting on it. The over-under, there was a little controversy. It was set at a minute 49 – and when she originally finished the song by saying Home of the Brave, the first time it was the under. However, it was, but she didn't stop singing. She said Home of the Brave one more time that extended it to the over. There was a whole controversy and, and people were paying out. I think they wound up, some places actually paid out both. They were just like, they didn't want to touch it. They didn't want to have anything to do with it because it was so controversial. But it technically was the under and some betting places. I'd be livid, by the way. If I bet money on the over and uh, and that little like faux pas cost me some money, but anyway, Lynch, do you have any do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, that's why you don't bet anthems. So that bothered me in the beginning, but I just had to throw that out there. I would have bet the over. I was like adamantly for the over, and and technically, I guess it was the under. Anyway, now we can get to the football talk. Uh, obviously, the New England Patriots. Uh, if you've if you haven't heard by now and this is how you get your breaking news probably not best to get your breaking news in podcast form uh maybe suggest uh some applications uh internet twitter something like that but the new england patriots defeated the los angeles rams 13 to 3 tom brady wins another one uh, bill belichick wins another one uh, it's it's unbelievable that it at this point in his career he's, well, he's like 40 something where the dude's still just raking them in it's unbelievable He's 41. I really think, I think if any halfway decent quarterback was playing quarterback for the Patriots, they'd win just as many as Super Bowls. Like Tom Brady's good, yeah, but I think, you know, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Romo, you put them in Belichick's <laughs> system, you put them in that system, they're going to win just as many, if not more, championships. He's not the best talented quarterback ever. He just in a great situation, Listen, and he's really good. I'm always down to debate that Aaron Rodgers is a better all-around quarterback than Tom Brady. But to say, to, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. You can't really blame him for being where he is. He was he was a freaking late-round draft pick. He kind of just worked his way, and he got, got into the position. He didn't really work his way. Kind of lucked into the position by injury. But he owned it, and this is where he's at six championships later. I don't know. I don't know that he's saying. He's a great quarterback. He's good. He's good. He's awesome. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Is he the best one to ever play? I just I feel like I'm getting the vibe from you right now that you're suggesting Tom Brady is a system quarterback. No, I think he's a great quarterback who also benefited from a great system. Okay, that's so, fair. 
Yeah, I mean, if any, not any other quarterback, but if another highly talented quarterback fell into this position, obviously they would have success. The, I don't know that we could yeah, say six. I don't know if we could say six title success, but. I'll say right. it. I'll say it right oh, now. All right. Well, then say it. Say it with your chest. <laughs> Peyton Manning would have six or more championships. Same system. Okay. Mm. That's a hot take. I like it. it. It's it's so hot, I'm not even going to touch it with my bare hands. Uh, let's go. Let's just break this down real quick. First quarter, 0-0. Ends in 0-0. It's, it's all defense all the time. And nobody was really doing much of anything. Uh, Tom Brady threw an interception, which I thought, meant something but it seemed like everything nothing really had consequence in the first quarter and for most of this game to be completely honest with you but um zero zero after the first second quarter going in uh, the pats uh get a field goal so it was three nothing going into halftime and here's when we take the intermission how about this we'll talk about the halftime show right now halfway through the game to uh, chatter how about that what did you guys think of this halftime show i wanted to talk about the end of the the first half before the halftime show. But <laughs> okay, okay. What, what what did you see at the end of the first half then? I I thought that the Rams were not as aggressive as they could have been. And I think going into half tied 3-3 would have, you know, dramatically changed the game. Um, I don't think that they utilized their timeouts the right way. And I feel that McVeigh... I think given a second chance in in that situation would have coached the game a different way. Okay. I did see somewhere that uh, apparently the Patriots ran man coverage on defense for like like 62% of the time for the entire season. And according to their game plan in this one, they totally flipped it on, on everything that Sean McVay had on tape-wise and, and I guess Jared Goff as well. And they, they were doing zone like 90% of the game just to kind of totally flip it. And it looked like it shook them up. I mean, they didn't they weren't able to get anything going on offense the entirety of the game. And and it really showed. I'm wondering if that total – like that was unlike what they were doing all season. So they, they went an entire season long showing one thing. And then they're like – they get to the Super Bowl and they're like, hey, you just want to flip the whole thing right now? And it paid off. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Belichick at its finest right there. So – you know? Yeah, but that's what you expect, I feel like, from like a Belichick team. You expect them to do something different than what they're not doing yeah. all year. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, McVay should have had an answer in place. I mean, for for the, obviously something like that. you got to be ready for anything. And it just seemed like they just weren't prepared for something, so such a drastic change. And, uh, and it, you could tell. Jared Goff looked out of it the entire game. He didn't look like he was ready for that, the moment. I don't want to be the guy that says, you didn't step up in the moment because that you know that's that's Skip Bayless talking. We don't do that here. Skip Bayless. But no, I mean obviously you have you have the tape that you have, and when you're watching it, you're expecting to see these certain nuances on defense. But if you're not seeing that, then how do you how do you adjust? How do you prepare? And and it, that's what we saw in this game was they weren't prepared. I, but I, I I feel that with the receivers that they have, they have. Receivers that should be able to both beat man and zone. Like zone is you, you find the, the yeah, yeah. But yeah. You, find, you find the little holes and you sit down in the zone. Like, well, Brandon Cooks I, was doing it. Brandon Cooks was the only one showing any sort of like competency out there. Well, yeah. The thing, the thing, the thing I saw was more in the second half. I saw Robert Woods finding you know 
how they sit there and say that there's always the hole in between the safety and the corner and like on on a corner route type of thing in a cover two. And I saw Robert Woods find that and then on that controversial where whether or not he got down the second foot later in the game, like he found it there. And yeah. I just it didn't seem that they were like how you said that the game plan never adjusted to attacking a zone. They kept trying to attack man when they weren't playing man. Yeah. Oh, and right. and they're, when they zoomed out for a lot of those throws, a lot of those replays, Jared Goff was missing a lot of the drag routes, like right in the middle of the field that were oh, wide open. Was, he was missing them like all all game long. Not missing yeah, them, not missing the throw, but just not even seeing it in general, like just completely missing it with his eyes. He definitely, was, had, a, he definitely had a bad game, and I think like who's the tight end that, uh, on the Rams? Do they even have a tight end? Gerald Everett. They have, I feel they, like they Garrett, didn't throw to him at all, or he wasn't even in the picture. They have they have Garrison Everett and uh, Tyler Higby, and they both kind of like split time and whatnot. But yeah, they uh, they were not very featured. I I think Everett had a couple targets second half, but he dropped them because the the Patriots were like right on him. And yeah. I mean, the Patriots the Patriots linebackers were they played out of their mind last. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Defense was insane. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, both both teams' defenses were rock solid. I mean, they were they they had it locked up for the entirety for for most of the game. Um, but right now it's three nothing Patriots Rams headed to halftime. Real quick, let's throw out our halftime show thoughts because uh, it was obviously Maroon Five. Who I don't even know who the middle person was. Who was that? That wasn't Travis that was Scott. Travis, Travis okay. Scott, man. Sure, of course. I, don't, I that's how out of touch I am. I, I didn't even like recognize the person. Uh, anyway, also I recognize Big Boy, but if you blinked, you missed him because literally he was there and then he disappeared and that was that. And I was like, wow, okay. His nice. fur coat stayed though. Yeah, his fur coat's causing a little controversy too with those uh, those PETA people. Uh, anyway, it's it to me the halftime show kind of fell a little flat. Everything everything actually fell a little flat for me if if we're taking it all into perspective. It just the, the game, right. the game, the commercials, the the halftime show—it was all just kind of like meh. I don't know. It, it was, was weird. very underwhelming, especially like I mean, Travis Scott was good, but he didn't play like one song. I feel like he was on there for at least fifty seconds, and it was just everyone was expecting that whole SpongeBob homage, and it was like maybe five seconds of his intro. Yeah, the SpongeBob so a thing. Lot of people were let down. Yeah, the SpongeBob thing got like uh, like a million plus. It was like a petition. They got a million plus signatures to just have, kind of like a nod to him. And technically, the NFL did give a nod to um, Stephen Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob. But right. that they just kind of threw it in there. That whole scene was them. It was called Sweet Victory. If anybody, for people who don't know, but if you're a SpongeBob fan, you you know what it was. They played the halftime show of the big game in in SpongeBob, and they just wanted mm-hmm. to play it. They wanted to at least get a little bit of the song, and they got none of the song in halftime. It was literally just the five second like trumpet intro into Travis Scott. I don't and I don't even know what that that meteor like asteroid thing was. That was like that was that's, I could that looked uh, like somebody used like a phone app. And like, did re- you know what I mean? It was so weird looking. The reason why they did that is because his tour is called Astro World. That's why he's on tour right now. Oh, that went over my head. That see that, and I'm sure the SpongeBob thing went over a lot of other people's heads who are just like, "Why is SpongeBob happening in my face right now?" You know what I mean? Like people who don't know <laughs> about that. All the old heads. All the old people. Yeah, everyone's like, like what, is this? "What is going I was on?" With, I was I was with these people, and um, someone's like, "Who's that? Who's that black guy singing?" Oh my god! And they're like, "Oh, that's Travis Scott." Like, who's that? Like, oh, that's um. 
Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. They're like, oh, okay. Oh, now <laughs> it we makes get sense. It. Yeah. Like, that's the only way it makes sense is when you say it's Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Yeah. He's I, the most popular hip hop artist, right? Dude, it's crazy. That is ridiculous. Uh, I did not know that. And I just I expected more from SpongeBob. Maybe not more, but like at least a, a part a part of the actual song Sweet Victory. Like I thought maybe Adam Levine would like hit like a couple notes of that song. Cause it was just like it was just a random song made. I, I think it was like open source. It wasn't even like a real person's song. It was like an open source thing that they threw on on SpongeBob, but it became an iconic song. It got a petition because obviously Steven Hillenberg passed away. And it that was it. It was all there. That was that was odd to me. And also not having Andre three thousand there took a lot away from I mean, Big Boy was only there for two seconds anyway, but he came on, sang two outcast songs without Andre three thousand. It made me sad. And by saying so, those songs, I mean literally twenty five seconds of the music and then he got shoved off the stage. I thought it was yes. in the beginning, like Maroon Five you can barely hear his, him singing. All you heard is like the music and like the loud. You don't have to hear the stuff. man when he's stripping. Come on, man. But you gotta understand this though. He wasn't lip singing. Like he was actually singing stage, and that's the first time we've seen that. Yeah, no, and dude. Back- Maroon Five's good, but when you when in in previous Super Bowl uh, halftime shows, when you've had a single Super Bowl halftime show that comprised of Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Coldplay all together. And then you're gonna roll out Maroon Five with this. I, I I don't even know. It just it just didn't seem like a, a, and they weren't even like integrated. They weren't even like you know what I mean. Some other shows would integrate together. It was like I'm Maroon Five. I'm gonna sing this song, and then then somebody else sang a piece of their song, and then yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't a lot of integration, and it made for a lackluster halftime show. If you're asking me. Oh uh, yeah, it it kind of reminded me of the NCAA halftime show with the. Well, I mean, well, they had even, a bigger agenda, guys. Like a lot of people aren't putting that in, not to cut you off, but they were just trying to make strides towards the Kaepernick thing and equal rights and everything. They're touching base on with uh, Adam Levine's like little, how do I say it, like visuals that they had. And a lot of people are just like hating on it. And it's like he was just going for the bigger image saying quality is a thing right now. No, I get that. That's fine. But I'm just saying, as far as it being like a, they they weren't like cohesive. I don't know. It wasn't like it didn't flow. No, it, it was just it, it was real disjointed. I agree with that. It wasn't smooth. Anyway, we it can stop. Good. It wasn't good music. No, I mean some people are Maroon Five <laughs> fans, but yeah, I mean we no, can I stop mean, talking about it though. If you, we can move on to the actual game. But does anybody else have anything else to say about the halftime show before we put it to rest? No, I mean um, like you guys said, it it was it was underwhelming. Um, I get where Reggie said like the comparison to the NCAA thing, how it was kind of disjointed. Because in that, Dan just came on, was screaming in his whatever outfit it was, and then Imagine Dragons was flat. And then here, like you guys said, that, you know, it was Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy, Maroon 5. And, I mean, the best part about it was the drone show. And, I mean, I I thought the drones were cool. Yeah, that was Um, cool. We've, but we've but, seen that before know. too in the Olympics, and they and and they they did it a million times better. And obviously, it's I the agree. Olympics. But I mean, yeah, we've. I at first I thought they were legitimately letting lanterns off into the sky, and I was like, that's very rude. All right, that's gonna kill a sea turtle. And I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I sat there and I was like, I was like, how are they gonna get out of the stadium? Like the stadium doesn't open. Yeah, that was it was. And then I realized they started flying around. I was like, oh, you know, that's cool, but like. You know, we've seen it. 
Yeah, it was interesting. It was an all-around pretty pretty average halftime show. I wasn't blown away at all. Uh, if Andre 3000 showed up and Outkast got a bigger, especially in Atlanta, and Outkast had like a full set, oh my God, I'd, I'd lose it. But that that's just me. A lot of other people, not necessarily Outkast fans. Uh, okay, moving away from the halftime show and back to the game. Uh, third quarter starts in it and ends. Uh, all that happens in the third quarter is the Rams kick a field goal um, and make it. So I mean, then it's 3 3. Greg, Greg the leg kicked the field goal. Yeah, I guess. I guess we can call him Greg, Greg <laughs> the leg. Except for at the end of the game, which we will get to right now. Going into the fourth quarter, the Patriots wound up actually scoring the game's only touchdown. Sony Michelle falls into the end zone after a pretty impressive drive by the Patriots, um, puts them up uh, 13 to 3. And uh, that is how the game finished. But the end of the game, I mean, it was just obviously they felt it was over. Um, Jared Goff threw a, a pretty before this, uh, obviously before that it was locked up. Jared Goff threw that uh, interception, kind of. Uh, that was awful. Yeah, that was an awful pass. Like why? You, like if you're gonna throw that, throw that in the back of the end zone, and no can get it. Don't just throw it up. There was no pressure reason. on him, and I think he thought he threw it farther, but it it wasn't. He threw he too much arc on it, arch. Arch, arc. I don't know what you say there. The thing, the thing there is on on that pass. Brandon Cooks was completely lost as far as like wasn't expecting the ball and like didn't locate the ball because like most receivers in that spot are gonna try and you know fight for the ball to where that the the defender can't catch the ball. And I mean that may be the fact that you know Brandon Cooks is like five eight. Robert Woods is like five nine. Yeah, and, you know, J- Josh Reynolds is literally the only receiver that they have healthy that has size. Yeah, and they didn't even really utilize him that much either. But uh, but he he was the one running all those crossing routes and the drag routes that that were being you know, missed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, but what about like Todd Gurley? He's always a big part of that passing game, and he didn't do anything running or passing. Hey, that's not that fair. He caught one ball for negative one yard. Leave him alone, bro. He got a catch. No. <laughs> that's 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 something that's you know going to be interesting coming out like the next couple of weeks whether or not you know he goes under under the knife with surgery because then the Rams can come back and they can you know be fined or you know t- have draft picks taken away because there was no injury dex- designation leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is that whole Todd Gurley thing is super odd. I don't know, and he he kind of looked dejected a little bit. Not that I don't know. I don't want to pretend, or maybe I'm reading more into it than I thought. But just seeing him like after plays were over, just immediately turn and walk, or like just his facial. I don't know. It was weird. Every time they showed him, he just didn't look happy. He didn't look apart. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it was I, weird. I don't think it, I don't think it was like he didn't even seem mad at like. Sean McVay for not playing him, like he was mad at some other thing going on. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe they're, maybe they know that there's a rift. I don't know. Maybe I listen. Obviously, this is all speculation, but there could be a rift between him and the team. Maybe they're like, okay, fine, we'll trade you in the off season or something. I don't know. This is obviously way overblown if this is what it is, but it could very well be what's going on. I mean, hey, you want to, you don't want to be here? Fine, we'll trade you in the off season. We're not going to use you. We're going to use C.J. Anderson. Screw I don't know that dude. which like, makes he, no he, sense. He he was, you know, right there with Pat Mahomes until you know he got hurt, and then, um, I mean, it makes no sense for them not to use their best player. You know, yeah. You hear you hear the instance of you know, if you don't want to be here, well, we're gonna run your butt into the ground yeah. and then get rid of you. 
well, if he's broken, you're not going to get anything trade value-wise for him. Um, but anyway, he only got 10 carries, 35 yards, three and a half yards a carry. Obviously, that's the quick math in my head. Uh, very easy to do when there's 10 carries. Um, and he he did catch one ball for negative one yard, so he really he was no factor in the receiving game. So yeah, 10 touches really um, not great. But then again, that entire offense wasn't really clicking anyway. But yeah, I feel like like he wasn't even playing well. It's not like he's getting like five yards of carry and they're not playing him. Like he wasn't doing anything. I mean, yeah. he had that one big run, but there was a holding call. But besides that, he's not even playing well. Yeah, I mean it's not, but it's not really his fault. I mean, obviously you can't, and you can't keep jamming it down his throat. But you got to do something to break it, break him open, or or get the offense open. But there, there was really nothing going at all for them the entire evening. And to, how bad does it feel to get to the Super Bowl and not being like one of the best offenses in the league and not scoring a touchdown the entire game? Like, I don't know. That was that's gotta, it's gotta sting a little uh, bit for them. Honestly, they've been like, I don't want to say shit, but they they have been. <laughs> Not up no, to par. I see what you're saying. Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup went down, and a lot of people forget that he even existed. But I mean, obviously, with him back, that's a whole nother another weapon out there. I mean, Josh Reynolds is good, but that whole trio with Cooks, Woods, and Cup was lighting the league up. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think I think some team that you know is in need of receiver is going to give them a call for one of the one of you know, Woods, Cooks, or Josh Reynolds. I don't think they're apt to move Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know how healthy he'll be, you know, come training camp. Yeah, I do think the Rams are going to be right back in it next year. This is like, I mean, they're going to be right back in it. I mean, Jared Goff's going to be another year older, another year obviously more seasoned. They're not losing anybody really. Um, their defense is still amazing. Uh, well, I, what, they're going to be right back here. What, What's a uh, Sue's contract? Oh, geez, I don't know. I have to look it up. But even if I mean they could def- honestly, they can afford to lose him. He's got a one-year contract. Yeah, but he might want to stick around. I mean, they paid him fourteen million for one year. Do it again, you know? I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, he would be the one, like you said, that that would be gone. Yeah. Um They very well, you know, could bring in someone to support that but like you said you know it was a one-year deal so it was 14 million i don't know if they'll sign him to another 14 yeah. million dollar deal uh but you could maybe talk to him and be like listen you want to stick around a little bit longer we can lower your salary make it maybe and then have you'll have the potential to get to another super bowl i mean their team is really good if you wanted to stick stick around but sue i don't know if he's always been a team player you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, but he's not. He's not going to get a big time contract anywhere. So he'll probably get whatever the Rams will pay him is what someone else will pay him. Yeah, I, uh, I, I would think. Uh, yeah, I would think a team that is in need would overpay. I could see like a the New For York sure? Jets. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. Play good, he didn't play good all year. He only showed up in the playoffs because that's what he does. He's lazy, and then he decided to show up. But I, I, I could, I could think. I could see like the New York Jets overpaying for him because yeah, they, they need would, they need another player. player. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a team would, but like, but he's gonna overpay for him and then what? Lose and like, not even make the playoffs. Yeah, like, and on a like, team like that point? with no real direction, that's not really the ideal scenario for a player like Sue. But um, I don't know. I think he, I think there's a good chance he comes back, especially after getting this into the Super Bowl like that. They played so well; it's not their fault they lost. I mean, it, I don't know. I think the defense is gonna be fine. 
Uh, let, let's just get to a couple uh, players that, that kind of stood out to me. Obviously, the Patriots, Julian Edelman, 10 receptions, 141 yards, won the Super Bowl MVP. Um, he's the only one, when you look at the stat sheet, I guess Sony Michelle had a pretty pretty decent game too. 18 carries, 94 yards, and scored the only touchdown of the game. Um, one player, I mean, and there, there obviously was a little outcry on Twitter as well afterwards, but Stephon Gilmore wasn't even in the conversation. And the dude had five tackles, uh, three pass, pass deflections, uh, one forced fumble, and that interception, and wasn't even talked about. That's that's the how that's how the NFL is right now nowadays. Is like you just look at the offensive stat sheets and you're like, okay, well look look who's popping. Uh, Julian Edelman, let's just give it to him. But in reality, in a game especially like this one, where it was primarily defense the entire game, I think if it was ever going to go to a defensive player, it should have been in this particular Super Bowl. Yeah, and I I think. I think had the Patriots recovered that the forced fumble, um, it would have. Yeah. Uh, but because the the fumble went out of bounds, it kind of you know, null and void. Um, I I mean he was right there for me as well. I thought it was. I thought Edelman was head and shoulders above everyone else, just because it it was clear to me that he was by far the best player on the Patriots offense at the, at the entire right. game. Yeah. Um, he was a machine. And I mean, Gilmore, Gilmore clear and head and shoulders was the best defensive player. Um, I, there were obviously, you know, other pieces that were very good for the Patriots, but I do think it was Edelman and then Gilmore for me, if I was voting for the MVP. Yeah. I honestly, I, maybe there should be an offensive and defensive. I don't know. You want to give up a, a participation award for everybody, but the defensive players <laughs> never get the respect that they deserve in Super Bowls. It's always given to. They, I feel like def, a, a single defensive player should get recognition, especially in a game like this. Maybe not the other games where it's like 48 to 40, or you know what I mean, the well, blowout games, but this one in particular, somebody should have got recognition. Well, I mean, Butler Butler got it when he had the pick at the end of the game. Um, James Harrison had it when he scored the touchdown off the goal line. Yeah. And I think the last one before that was Dexter Jackson when the Bucks won. Yeah. I just that, to me it doesn't oh. happen enough, but yeah, I guess it happens every once in a while, but it's got it takes like a monumental play yeah. to kind of like get get on the radar for everybody who's voting. Um on the Rams side, not really a lot to I mean, I guess offensive Brandon Cooks, uh, eight receptions, 120 yards, kind of had that um, Edelman-type game. Unfortunately, he was on the losing team. And Corey Littleton on defense, 10 tackles, two pass breakups. Um, that's really all, to be, all that can be said. I mean, as a team defense, both of them fantastic. Um, but as far as, like, st- if you're just looking at stats, um, Corey Littleton for the Rams, I guess, is the one to mention. Um, I mean, aside from that, I mean, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, they win another uh, another championship. They're sitting at six, and Tom Brady, there's no signs of him. I mean, he's already said it. He's like, why would I leave? You know what I mean? Any other quarterback at this point, six? You got to six? You're on the same level as Michael Jordan? You don't want to walk out? You're like, I'm just going to come back? You think he should go? Or, I mean, are you ready to watch him eventually just fizzle out? <laughs> Because it's gonna happen, I mean, right? It's gonna happen yeah. at some point. It has to. Even it could happen when he's fifty, but at some point, you're gonna see a broken Tom Brady out there, and it's gonna be sad. All right. So you guys all follow him on, right? Instagram? No, no he's his... a, he's an interesting dude, but I gotta be honest with you, it's a little uncomfortable. He's awkward. He's an awkward kind of guy. Yeah. So his ego on Instagram, 
like the GOAT. Like he's the greatest player of all time. So I don't see him leaving anytime soon just because his ego is so big. Yeah, like, dude. Obviously, what would yours be like? I mean, obviously, at some point you got to buy into your own hype, especially when you've you've done what he's done. I mean, it's it's at this point it's kind of laughable, and he's kind of embraced the. I wouldn't say it's even a bad guy role. It's just kind of like everybody else's. I don't know. If you're not a Patriots, if you're not a Patriots fan, you're not really rooting for the Patriots, and that he's kind of embraced that, and I think that's cool. I think I don't know. I like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, aside from the game, uh, I mean, obviously we talked about the game. We talked about the MVP, um, uh, Tom Brady winning a ridiculous amount of championships with Bill Belichick. Uh, Commercials. Did anybody see any commercials? I mean, obviously that's a big thing. To me, I was looking for some entertaining commercials. There wasn't really a lot out there. I mean, usually every year you'll see a couple that stick out and you're like, okay, that was clever. That was cool. Uh, to me, I mean, I guess the NFL, the NFL commercial where they they put it on, but can you really count the NFL as a commercial if they're not paying for the ad? I don't know. But the NFL 100 season one with all the uh, legends and, the, and today's players in that um, dining room setting, I thought was kind of a fun one. But aside from that, I don't know. What did you guys think? I think that was I, the best one, the one with all the players in it. I love that one. But I didn't really like pay. T- I don't really pay attention to commercials. Like they're usually dumb and not that funny, and you could just watch them again on YouTube. But that one was pretty good. Yeah, that's the thing. They're kind of releasing them before they even get to the Super Bowl, anyway. So you're seeing them as like a viral commercial before they're even aired on the Super Bowl. Yeah. But yeah, that's what they're that, doing. That Backstreet Boys commercial with uh, Chance the Rapper. It was I hot was, fire, like, man. So hyped about. <laughs> I was so hyped about. It, but. Then- came out two days before the super bowl yeah i was like uh so maybe that does take away from the luster a little bit um uh lynch you said you had one you you were looking at one that kind of tickled your fancy i i just i mean i've never been a big game of thrones fan um but i did like how it was kind of like the death of dilly dilly yes yes Um, i know i know a lot of people are a lot of people have been over it for you know it seems like forever now yeah, um, but I was, <laughs> I was just blown away with how many damn robot commercials there were. Yeah, that's true. A lot of uh, a lot of automated, uh, you know, Alexa type deals going on. I mean, a lot of people just talking to electronics. But it's the future, man. It's twenty nineteen. Better embrace it. We're gonna. We're not even gonna be. Just, yeah, we're not even gonna be like talking every, to each other anymore. It's it seems like every other commercial seemed like it was a robot commercial, whether it was an actual robot in it or how you said like how they were doing the Alexa commercials, how they had to cut off the Alexa in one commercial and how they have an uh, Alexa dog collar. Like, Okay, the just... cutting off the Alexa one was pretty funny, though. It, it, I agree. It was like going on a tangent about like, it was like an existential crisis. The Alexa was going on and all of a sudden he's like, hey, play Funky Town and just shuts her up and she's got to play music. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but aside from that, there really wasn't a lot of good. This whole Super Bowl just felt bland to me. I don't know. It, it, unless, unless you're a Patriots fan, you're walking away from this one saying, okay, you know what I mean? Okay, I, I guess we're coming back next year. You know, didn't really, I wasn't bothered, but I certainly wasn't entertained, I guess is that, that's my takeaway. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would have loved it. Like, if the Cowboys <laughs> were in it and whatever, like, but as a casual observer, because I didn't really care who won, Yeah, it was meh. That's what I told one of my students today. They had said how... Um, they weren't rooting for the Patriots. They were rooting for the Rams, but they said it was the most boring Super Bowl. And I had said that if the Rams had won, you know, a lot of people's opinions on the game would have differed yeah. because they would have gotten that 
Patriots loss. Yeah, and every, mm-hmm. that that does add a little uh, a little factor into it. But yeah, you're right. I think it just seeing a game that was wasn't necessarily offensively explosive, and then to be won by a team who's won five prior. You know, what I mean, or at least not team. I should say quarterback. You know what I mean? Just seeing them win another one, you're like, okay. It's another year. It's another, you know, like just like the NBA. It's like we're another year. We're going to watch the Warriors win again. Cool. That's fun. You know yeah, what like, I mean? It's a please, weird spot. Please go away. It's, please yeah. go away. Yeah. I, I want some, obviously, you want some competitiveness, but uh, at this point, it just didn't. I mean, at least the NFL is a little more competitive than the NBA. It just seems like a foregone conclusion in the NBA now. I mean, you're just kind of waiting for that those contracts to run out and them have to deal with that. <laughs> but anyway, Super Bowl 53 <laughs> is in the books. Obviously, uh, New England Patriots 13. Los Angeles Rams three, and uh, that is our recap. Does anybody else have any parting words they'd like to say before we banish the NFL into the off season? I what did. did you get? What did you guys think about the mouth kiss of Brady and Robert Kraft? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, and I wasn't surprised seeing like him mouth kiss his kids. I'm not surprised. Yeah, wait, like, okay. Was, it's your kids. That's different. I mean, Robert Kraft. I, was, that, I don't know. That's odd. It's a different. I, was, I mean, it's your kids is one thing, but if your boys like. 13 and you're still mouth mouth kissing come on i okay i i don't know i guess i it depends i mean it, it to each their own some parents may disagree i don't know yeah, now, we're all, <laughs> now we're all like... uncomfortable who's <laughs> hey call, if you're mouth kissing your kid call us up 1-800 no i'm kidding i, was I am blown a away. reporter so <laughs> oh, there you go i was just blown away with how it had happened like i, I mean i i didn't catch it right away but I know Twitter was on it immediately. I didn't see it. I mean, I, to me, was that just a screen grab from like a? No, it wasn't out of context, was, or was it? Okay, listen, like, was it straight up like pure direct mouth to mouth, or was it like yes. one of those like cheek to cheek like things? No, it was straight. They, like I watched the, I watched they, someone grabbed like the clip of it of them, you know, greeting each other, and he straight up goes up right up to him and kisses him. Okay, and then well. they sit there and they and then they go cheek to cheek and whisper in the ear. But he straight up just kisses him and then they talk. Well, you do you, bro. That's fine. Whatever you know, whatever relationship they've sure. got, if that's what ta- what it takes to win six Super Bowls, maybe some other quarterback should be kissing the owners. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, Brady's <laughs> been mouth kissing from the jump. Not surprised. It's a, maybe it's a maybe it's a, a champion's trait. You just gotta go straight in. How you doing? I'm Tom Brady. Mwah, right in the mouth. That's the way to I'm do start, it. You I'm go to work tomorrow. Mouth kissing all you guys. That's the, you no. gotta do that at work tomorrow. <laughs> no. Mouth kisses. Nope. Good stretch. Good stretch. Oh my nope. gosh. Nice firm <laughs> smack on the behind. Whatever it takes to win a championship and be Tom Brady. That then there you go. Nope. That's what it is. Nope. All right. I guess that'll about do us. Do it. Oh, that'll do us. See, now I'm getting that Tom Brady mind on <laughs> us. Anyway, no, we're going to get the heck out of here. Uh, for more, obviously, we're going to have some more podcasts coming up. Um, but at the Chunk Pod, all over social media, and search the Chunk Podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Um, you can follow us, uh, like us, rate us, whatever you want to do. Get all the information at thechunkpod.com. Well, not at thechunkpod.com. It's literally thechunkpod.com. Anyway, Get all the details there. Uh, we look forward to uh, a bright and fruitful 2019. And oh, why am I acting like it's the new year? We're in freaking February now. Okay, I'm going to get the hell out of here. Guys, thank you so much for uh, sticking on. Ryan, Reggie, Vince, and myself, Justin, we are out of here. And scene.